everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live here at Love Walk and I would like to thank you so much for joining me. I want to encourage you to grab your Bible so that we can go into the Word of God and that we will finish up uh, this uh, study that we have done on uh, Titus chapter 2 and this one is going to be a bit more specific um, if we have to go into another part three or part four, then we will. But I want to try and make this concise today. So uh, definitely follow along with me. Go ahead and turn to Titus chapter two, and we're going to read from verse one, and we're going to read to verse eight, because I want this to give us an idea of what's going on. And we'll definitely go through the whole chapter. So I encourage you to read the whole chapter if you get a chance. So um, also, guys, uh, don't forget that um You can support this uh, Bible study by supporting at patreon.com forward slash L Winston. There you get exclusive content. I also, if you, when you uh, subscribe, you get a special gift directly from me. Um, And uh, it's a great way to support. If you'd like to support one time or on a monthly basis, I'd be happy for it. And you can also do the same by supporting with a monthly gift or a one-time donation at paypal.com. So just go to paypal.me forward slash Leela Winston, L-E-L-A-W-I-N-S-T-O-N. And you, I believe um, you can donate as little as $2 or $5 a month. And that's an easy way to support. Um, And uh, I would really appreciate it. So let's go ahead and jump into today's Bible study. And uh, like I said, we're going to read in Titus chapter 2, and I'm going to read that to you now. Please read along with me in your Bible. But speak you the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, and in charity and patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becomes holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing soundness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. And I think these are very instructive verses. The whole chapter is powerful, and I hope you will get a chance to read and meditate on it. I want to challenge you after this Bible study to take, choose an hour in the day to meditate on this verse, on these scriptures, uh, and on this chapter. So let's go ahead and go back into the Bible study. And where we left off, we were were talking about um, in chapter four, I'm sorry, in verse four, we were talking about how the women needed to teach the young women how to love their husbands, their children. Um, And I think the instructive thing is that these are things that need to be taught. And as we learn doctrine, sound doctrine, and sound is the, the Greek word here that they're using for sound means healthy, not handicapped. It means pure. It means healthy. So God wants us to um, 
teach a healthy doctrine, which is his doctrine, as it, re, re, as it pertains to family, as it pertains to marriage, as it pertains to children, as it pertains to friends, and, and as it pertains to all of the people that we come into contact with. And as I said in another Bible study, there are different kinds of doctrines out there that are not always religious. And these doctrines don't always have a healthy effect or a healthy result. And that is the major difference when it comes to Christ's doctrine is that it always has a healthy effect. Um, And so we're going to go ahead and look at um, what it is saying. It says that the young, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands and to love their children. And quite honestly, um, you know, you can see it in society that you don't really have a lot of sober young people out there, not because they wouldn't be, but no one has actually taught them how to be. It's something that you must be taught. And we as believers understand and know that it is our job to equip the saints, to get them ready for the business of being believers, of serving the Lord, of raising children, of being honorable spouses or husbands and wives. It is our business to do that for serving the Lord. So I think it's really important. And I think a lot of times because we don't teach that, we see a lot of uh, brokenness. And a lot of people say, well, Christianity doesn't work or, well, you know, they were a believer and it didn't work for them. A lot of times those people weren't using the sound doctrine of Christ. And that sound doctrine is here in the Bible. It's written everywhere. And if you're not following that, it's hard to have, you know, his results if you're not doing that. And I like to call it the proper care and feeding of your spouse or of your man or of your woman. I think that's so powerful to understand what it means to actually do that, Uh, what it means to actually um, behave properly according to the scriptures and according to um, what your spouse needs, what your husband or your wife needs. You're supposed to learn that person and you're supposed to give them what they need. And I think a lot of people are often, they're often overcome with what they need from the relationship, what they need from their spouse, what they need from their children, that they don't understand that if you go into one of these unions, it's your job to give them what they need. That's everyone's responsibility. And I just want you to imagine for a second what it would be like if everyone in that union behaved according to the doctrine of Christ, which would be to be giving and submitting to each other. The husband giving to his wife what she needs, the wife giving to her husband what he needs, the family, the husband and wife giving to their children what they need. Think about what would be, what that environment would be like if your wife was always thinking, what can I give to my husband so that he has what he needs? Whether that's emotional, whether that is, you know, in a physical sense, whether that is in an environmental sense. What if a husband was thinking all the time, what can I give to my wife for what she needs? Whether that was physical, environmental, mental, emotional. So I think it's really important for us to understand that. Let's go ahead and look at Titus 2 and 6, because again, it says likewise. You're seeing the word likewise, and they're talking about, you know, they're talking about the family. They're talking about what it means. He says, young men, likewise, 
exhort to be sober-minded. And I think this is really powerful. To be sober-minded is to really to have a clear mind, not intoxicated. When you're intoxicated, you cannot think clearly. And what that word means, sober there, it means um, to have self-control. And this is something I think is lacking across the board for all people. There are certain areas that you know we're struggling in because we're not being taught the things that are necessary. Titus 2 and 6 says it again. Likewise, again, including men in this exhortation, but adding self-control as a caveat. He says, be sober, but he also says, uh, be have self-control. Self-control is really very important if you're a believer and you're hoping to do anything. Actually, if you're a person and you're hoping to get anything done, if you watch some of those uh, commercials like from Nike and some of those sports things, they talk about how people put their bodies and their minds through all kinds of rigorous things, how they wake up in the morning and they eat certain things. And, you know, they're so passionate about getting to this particular weight or so passionate about winning this race or this trophy. And I think we don't have that same amount of self-control when it comes to our families, when it comes to our marriages, when it comes to the people we love. So these are important things that we keep in mind. Now we're all growing. We're all going to have areas that we need to work on, but self-control is important to have. Um, And it says that by adding self-control as a caveat, it means that it doesn't always come naturally. And today we have an epidemic really of men who seem to have no self-control and we are not having older men teaching the younger men like is actually prescribed here in the scriptures and you know when you have no self-control how can you stop yourself from doing anything there's no self-control when it comes to sexual purity domestic violence um responsibility to rear and care for and train children Some men are in the house, but they aren't really doing anything and things have gotten out of control because nobody is teaching self-control. And I've said this before, I said this in our previous Bible study, you need older men to help teach self-control. That's just what the Bible says. If you want things to work smoothly, you need older men to help teach the younger men self-control. Um, And so we'll look down here to Titus chapter two and eight. We're just going to jump right quick. It says sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Another area is our speech. You know, when we talk about self-control, I think that's a very huge part of how we talk to each other. Are we talking to each other, you know, calling each other out of our name? Are we saying derogatory things? You know, how are you engaging, um, not just with other believers, but with other people? And if we even go back and we talk about teaching the younger men and the younger women, or even holding each other accountable, are we teaching women how to talk to their husbands? Are we teaching men how to talk to their wives? And I think this goes back to the idea of the proper Um, care and feeding of your spouse or of your husband or your wife. You have to know and give them what it is that they need to function well. And I think this is a mistake of not teaching that because if we don't teach that, I'm not saying that you don't teach it per se, I don't know who you are, but I think the mistake comes in when there isn't this level of teaching doctrine. And when we don't teach that, people don't know what to do. 
they get into marriages and relationships and things go very badly because we're not teaching them that. That you need to give your spouse what they need to function. And they need to give that to you. And that doesn't mean that um, you guys need the same thing. If I gave you a potted plant and I told you this plant in order to live needs water, you need to water it three times a week. It needs sunshine every day and, you know, put in plant food every month. If you do not do that, let's say you only water it, but you keep it in a dark place and you don't give it any plant food. Do you think it will flourish? In some areas, it will flourish. Where there is water needed, it will flourish in that area. But let's say you don't give it plant food and you don't give it water. Will it flourish? Let's say you keep it in the sun, but you never water it and you never give it plant food. Will it flourish? Will you say, well, I don't actually need plant food and I don't actually need water. Or, well, you do need water, but let's say you don't need plant food and you don't need, um, you know, something else. Just because you don't need it, doesn't mean that the other person doesn't need it. And that is the wisdom of the gardener. That's why the Bible calls the man the husbandman. That's why he calls himself the shepherd or the husbandman himself, because he gives you what you need, not what he needs. And so as believers, we have to understand what that means. That's why teaching is so important. If you're an older man or an older woman, maybe you don't need anyone exhorting you about self-control. But just because you don't need it doesn't mean someone else doesn't. Doesn't mean that that another young man doesn't need it. And if you're an older woman and you don't need self-control or you don't or you already know how to treat your husband and you don't need anyone telling you that, that doesn't mean that there isn't a young woman out there that doesn't need that in her own life. That doesn't need help in doing that and knowing what it means to even love her children. She does, just doesn't know. She doesn't know how to communicate that to her husband. If you're not there giving her that, what she needs, not what you need, giving her what she needs, how is she supposed to grow? And I think that is our bottom line. We are to equip the saints, give them the tools. To equip someone means to give them the tools they need to be successful. And that is what sound doctrine does. It gives people the tools to be successful. So I want to encourage you, maybe you're an older person, maybe you're just a believer who has some insight or understanding in a particular area. Let's just say, since we've talked a little bit more about marriage and about, you know, older people sort of talking to younger people, maybe you can help someone and teach someone on the positive and righteous things, the sound doctrine of what it means to be a wife, what it means to be a husband, what it means to raise children. People need this. And just because maybe you've grown to a certain point where you know certain things doesn't mean other people have. And so as believers, we're supposed to have a heart for each other to want to impart that kind of information And as you become a believer and as you grow as a believer, you want to impart that information to others and you should want to give people what they need. If you see someone who's hungry, maybe you might want to give them something. So a lot of times people are hungry in their relationships. 
in their marriages with their children, they don't know how to do it. They need someone to show them how. And, you know, not everybody is going to join a marriage ministry. Not everybody is going to join a, a, a some sort of parenting ministry or whatever. You have the opportunity as a believer to speak into someone's life if you can see where you can help them. And I would encourage you, if you see a way that you can deposit wisdom into someone, that you will do it and that you wouldn't need a pulpit to do it and you wouldn't need a Bible study group to do it and you wouldn't need a marriage group to do it, that you could just have that conversation with the person and help them grow. Because I'm going to tell you the times that people need help the most is not when they're sitting in church, it's not when they're in a marriage group, it's when they're not in that and when they need help and they don't know what to do. So it looks like we're going to have to do a part four guys on this, but I think I'm going to entitle this one, the proper care and feeding of your spouse or of your mate, because I think a lot of times we don't give people the proper care and feeding that they need. We give them what we want. We give them what we think they should have rather than what they need to flourish. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this Bible study. Um, And uh, definitely, uh, if you would like to contact me, you can. I want to encourage you also to join the mailing list so that we can stay in touch. I can send you updates on what I'm doing and the work that I'm doing, and you can be a part as well. So again, thank you so much. Uh, Definitely check the description of this Bible study wherever you may get your Bible study, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. So once again, thank you so much. God bless you. Bye.